0: West Limerick 102.
1: The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 8th of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
2: Good evening, listeners. It is half past nine once again on a Wednesday night. And a nice, pleasant evening, indeed it is. A little bit cold, a little bit chilly, and we're getting our wires crossed up here a little bit due to conversation that we got too involved in prior to the knocking in time. You're tuned to West Limit 102, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Patrick Donovan. And the phone number of this program, of course, is live until half past 11, from half past 9 until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night. And we would like you to send in your messages or questions of anything you would like the panel to discuss. And on the panel tonight, of course, Jason Smith is our producer, so he's waiting for your telephone messages on 06966200 if you wish to use that. Or text on WhatsApp 0871669800. And I'm joined by Jerome Scanlon. Tom Ryan, as usual, is on his way. We hope he arrives safely. My name is Pat Donovan. And Councillor Jerome Scanlon, independent, is with us tonight again. And good to have him. Always really able to speak his mind without fear of favour. And a new man on the block is Tommy Hartigan, and you're coming all the way from? Palace Kenry. Palace Henry. So it's nice to get somebody from down there, and, uh, and hopefully Dave in the shed won't get too cold tonight because it's a little bit chilly, Dave. So... Make sure you bring out a good blanket which you just in case um, the wood isn't burning good enough in quality there. So best wishes there to Dave in the shed. And Tommy Hartigan from Palace, Henry, a new man, and he hopes to stand in the forthcoming election in the Red Keel their electoral division as an independent. So we obviously wish him well, and it's nice to see young people coming in on that as well. I see changes in, in a breath of fresh air with new ideas and new thinking. And the younger generation, of course, badly need to be represented as well at council level. And uh, we have a song tonight, and it is for Katrina out in Knockederry, And it is John Kerr from Donegal singing. Patrick Sheehan from the Glen of Aherlow, And I remind Jason there to pay a close ear to the words of death. It was a terrible, sad story of the man who lost his leg in the fighting for the English. And I don't think he even got the shilling at the end of all that. So, John Kerr and the, the Glen of law, Patrick Sheehan. Due to podcast
1: regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
2: It was John Kerr, a native of Donegal, and that was Katrina out in Nakhadery, also from Donegal. And of course it was... Famous song there of Glenavachello about Patrick Sheehan, and now and the news of the day, of course, in a bit of a shock to farming community and indeed uh, the, the wider public as well, was the announcement which came through was a shock to the farming community, especially in that BSE found in a cow, and China have stopped all export of beef from Ireland. And I admire politicians a bit sometimes, you know. No matter how bad the news is, they'll make good news out of it. While he was trying to explain the bad part of it, he said, it just highlights the wonderful quality checking system we have in Ireland that we were able to pick up the BSE. I suppose one might say to me, if we had a better system, he would have prevented BSE in the first place. Tommy Hart again, you're welcome. Oh yeah. You're familiar with the BSE in the cattle?
3: Wouldn't be overly familiar, but I've I was watching the the news now today and was kind of a bit blown away to hear that the last time it happened, it took three years for it to clear. And kind of part of me would be hoping, as a fellow who's coming from a country area with a lot of farmers, bee farmers who rely on the, the export market for their income, that maybe the lessons learned the last time might speed up the process this time. It shouldn't take three years again it's one cow it's not as if a whole herd has gone down
2: the chinese and tom ryan won't be too happy now with this beef being stopped going to china and yeah. they were given out about china bringing us the COVID. but it looks like the chinese are fairly fussy about quality oh, oh,
0: oh, very much so and we had a three-year ban previously even by the chinese that wouldn't take our beef now If you go back to the 90s, and I lived in the UK, in the UK you couldn't get a T-bone steak. They stopped the sale of T-bone steak because a little bit of the spinal cord went through the bone of the steak. Tom will be an expert on this. No T-bone steak to be had. You could get fillet or you could get sirloin. That was how strict they were with regard to what concerned them in terms of... Now, a number of people died of... Uh, some related disease at the time hopefully those days are over and it's I think and Tom will explain better there are two forms of this mad cow as we'll put it one is the old acute one and apparently the one that has been detected was detected back in 19 before the first Chinese ban came in and the one that was discovered recently is what's the term Tom it's it's very different anyway from that previously uh, uh, um, which was a cause of major problems. So, I, I, obviously, we have markets, t- uh, Pat. <clears throat> we have very significant markets for beef. I'm not saying we don't want the Chinese market. We do. And the more markets we can get, the better. But I wouldn't be losing sleep over uh, not being in a position to supply beef to China. But hopefully, hopefully, it'll be a, a very brief interlude.
2: We had many, many millions of exports going to. I return. don't
0: know the value of it.
2: It's
4: 18 million, if I'm not Six,
2: things, Was it said? 16 or 18 million? 16, yeah. 18. Well,
0: every million adds up, you know. Does indeed, it yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. it's not a huge market, you know, in the in the, the beef world, <coughs> but at the same time, as you as you rightly said, all markets are, are all customers are important. The Chinese that you see, there is a special arrangement with the Chinese that, that in the event of any, uh, of anything happening or any, you know, such as like you would have, I mean, the BSE is, is a shock to everybody now, and how to detect it at an acrey as well, you know. So like it, it is a usual case, probably be investigated fully by the department who are fully who are fully armed to, but they, you know they have. Very, very strict rules and regulations in play, but the Chinese market, you see, is very important for us. In other areas, such as baby foods, and I mean butter, skim milk, oil, milk powder, it's a huge market, and it's a market that's that's contracting. So it is, it is important as well that that we, you know, that that our good reputation in the food manufacturing world is maintained. And let's hope that this is an isolated
0: case. Yeah, God willing. And as you quite rightly state, Tom, the other markets we have in relation to dairy, Kerrygold, Butter, Wyatts being an example of it. Correct. This is of far greater value to our economy than the 16 or 18 million of beef exports.
2: But China had
0: potential there.
2: Oh, absolutely. We haven't gone in since January, only Nine to ten months, so the potential but, uh, was there to increase. Yeah, it's amount. a
0: very short window that yeah. beef has been marketed uh, after the three-year break. But hopefully, uh, this will be a much shorter. Now, an item I
2: said uh, quite a number of items I see. There some of them. You, you, even though you read them in the paper, I just feel you couldn't read them on the radio. I did the exchange here yesterday, and it was half past eleven to one. And of course, this goes out tomorrow morning. Repeat half eleven to one as well. But it was about a school teacher in his early twenties sending sexual explicit explicit messages to first year students. He got he, he got sacked completely. It went to the court. He was struck off. Struck off is the word I'm looking for. Garda boss loses officer suspension appeal case. The Garda commissioner has lost an, an appeal over the suspension of a Garda who engaged in sexual activity with a female in a guard station. And the lady in question came in to make a statement about her sister who had been arrested, and she finished up having sexual activity with the guard in question in a rural station. And the guard had already been disciplined, and he got a reduction in his wages. And I understand then that the uh, the commissioner, decided to have him expelled, and it was on that expel that was rejected because he had already been dealt with previously. So it would seem, Tommy, that the guards aren't that busy, really, as, or as we thought they were.
3: Well, I think, uh, as a person who comes from a family with a history in the guards, I think praying to them all with one brush probably isn't. Uh, what I would advise anyway. um, More than likely the commissioner's actions should have been the first uh, reaction to it. Um, I can't say that I would disagree with his um, line of thinking in terms of trying to get rid of the guard. You are in a rural station and someone comes in and this person is aware that you are dealing with their family member and that uh, you might have a bit of sway over it. So I think there would be a slight bit of abuse of power um, that would be just my two cents on that particular story.
0: An unusual one, I thought. I did come across you, a
2: lot of things you, about the county, but I hadn't heard, you, come across you, one like you that. You mentioned
0: that before. two there in your lead-in. You mentioned the teacher. Uh, firstly, it was,
2: was a different case completely. Yeah. Well, we'll stick with the, he, the teacher. was in his early twenties, and he said, "Again, these mobile phones and things yeah. are very but dangerous for passion, people
0: whose head isn't properly screwed on. or a bit te- brainwashed." The teacher was in a position of Responsibility, but he got uh, sacked totally yes, from the gallery. Yeah. Removed from the from the teaching force. Yes, I, yeah. yes, yes, and I would I would agree with that. Yeah, because if he was messing about like that, he wasn't fit to be in the school. Wasn't fit. No. Yeah. Now, with regard to, there's really two sides to this. <laughs> there was two with, people involved. Just yeah, there was and like, <laughs> Pat. If you go into a guard station and there, you're in sexual activity with somebody. I would go so far as to say you might be to blame, okay. And I don't want to be sexist, but so you're suggesting she provoked him, like into a sexual activity. Maybe provoke she, isn't the word I use. She misled such him. A thing as she, encouragement, she led him. He might have been encouraged. Oh, yes. I don't know. But that's how I would feel about it. Yeah. And you know, we all fall by the wayside if we're encouraged from time to time.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears> but he wasn't
2: doing his duty, like the guard. Yes, Tom. Did you hear that one before now?
4: Well, I didn't, and I'd be shocked really with it, to be honest about it. I think it would be very serious disciplinary um, a business for the authorities in the Garda. I mean, you know, it's um, to me, it's a, it's a shocking uh, incident and should never have happened, and there should be repercussions. And uh, so I think the Garda in question should be reprimanded in, uh, well, I'm not saying that he should be maybe dismissed completely, but there should be uh, definitely a very serious um, case brought against him, and uh, by the authorities themselves. uh, You see, it brings everything into disrepute, the detail of it maybe we haven't exact the detail, but whatever the detail was, he was in a position of authority, his job was to look after whatever that lady wanted as regards her problem with, with a relative. And uh, that was his his duty, and he should have been doing that, and I wouldn't have any sympathy for him in that instance, and I think the Commissioner would be right in order to to take serious disciplinary action.
0: Did we come back to that
4: word respect again, Tom? Did either of them have respect for the other? Well, I'm not going to judge any, any, any either of them, their Jerome, but, it, yeah, should, but they had. it shouldn't happen like <laughs> it's, it's, it's this. It's her,
3: her job to have yeah. respect for him and his job to have respect for her and uh, the institution he represents as yeah, well. Yeah. Absolutely. A shift is only 12 or 13 yes. hours. He could have waited if he wanted it at uh, that yeah. <laughs>
0: point. <coughs> Pat is smiling from ear to ear. Now
2: we'll go to a, a matter that is a bit counter related and it is a thing I. It and Tom Ryan and myself are very much on it and, and it is Jerome as well. We have this latest thing here now and Jerome, we've discussed it a few times but I think it's time to raise the tempo on I'm
0: worried about this, yeah.
2: Anti-social behavior, to call it. At the present time, we have <laughs> we have anti-social behavior, we have um, the, the, the um, electric bikes flying mm-hmm. up and down one of streets, up and down footpaths, and uh, the, the powers that be. Um, Minister Ryan, I believe he's uh, came out of his slumber there recently, even though he said it couldn't be controlled last July, but now they're taking action to control it. We have a housing state in Newcastle West Jerome. It is newly built. There's was um, a, what is known nowadays this new t- word social housing mm-hmm. which an, a number of social housing has been they weren't there initially social housing when the estate was built, but social housing came on at a later date and the, the same estate now has a curfew at half estate I understand here in Newcastle West because of anti-social behaviour and the people who paid big money for the private houses finished up with social housing whatever that is supposed to be anyway social housing and i don't know where the anti-social behavior is coming out of whether it was the original houses that people bought whether it is children out of that house or children or adults or is it the children of the adults coming out of the social housing mm. i would put the question to you jerome well, first and foremost... Are you familiar with where I I'm am referring very to? very familiar
0: with it. And indeed, we had a, a meeting with the Director of Services for Home and Community as late as yesterday. What you said was? Home and Community. Home and Community. Which is the Housing director by another name, okay? Uh, and there were several members of uh, residents from the uh, group of uh, estates that you're referring to. There are five estates in that particular part of town and the new estate... now. Uh, We spoke earlier about higher-density housing, I think, before we came on air. And that is one of the problems we have here in this town. Where we have high-density housing, we have difficulty. Too many houses. Too many houses and too confined space. We need space. People need to be able to breathe. And there's two in particular that have always been challenged for want of a better way here in town. You're familiar with one that's near you on Lower Maiden Street. And there's another one up near the vocational school, near the Desmond College, where there's three or four estates. Nothing wrong with the people there, by and large. But they're on top of one another. For God's sake, there is more than enough land in Newcastle West to accommodate housing that is well spaced out. And what happened in this particular case was disgraceful, in my view. There, originally, there was a planning grant for 63 houses. That's
2: yes, the estate is, I'm referring it to. It is,
0: yes. Which si- we have not named. Well, it's up to you. Uh, for 63... So the councillor. Well, you're the one that's raised the topic. Uh, the 63 houses' original planning grant. Work started on the first 30 of them. And then a planning application went in, because the density arrangements had changed, to increase the number by 50% to 90-odd. Okay? Uh, somehow or other... So the 63 original was became bought by 90. private people. No, 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 none of them were bought, because they hadn't been built... Okay the sorry. development in the in, in the course of the developing this um, estate uh, the numbers were grown from 60 odd to 90 odd okay and the first 30 of them then were somebody or other went along and introduced the developer to an approved housing body cluid and cluid were in the process of doing a deal and we became aware of it we would make no bones about it. We went in and we met the senior people in the housing saying uh, 10 or 11, a cluster of 10 or 11 social houses for Cluid is more than enough. 30 together is another problem estate. It was then decided, yes, they'll change this and they'd do a, 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 a backstop contract, for want of a better way of putting it, with Cluid and that the council would take 20 of them. And they would offer them to people uh, on the basis of affordable <coughs> incremental purchase. Now, that sounds an awful mouthful, but they actually looked for expressions of interest. But they put a ceiling of 35000 on the income of the people that could get those houses. Okay, Only, uh, they had 28 expressions of interest, which was more than the number of houses they had. But they only selected uh, nine out of the 28 to get the houses that were available. And only one of those people, as far as I can gather, was in a position to get a mortgage. Now, the other people, fine. They will, at some point in time, be able to purchase their house. But the remainder of the houses were given to people that were higher up in the pegging list for social housing than those that applied for the incremental purchase. So that's the background to it. Those houses were finished in, I think, April, May of twenty two. And it took until December of 22 before they had their legal, the the council and Cluid had their legal business in order. So by the time anybody occupied those houses, it was Christmas and after Christmas of last year. Cluid are very well managed. I have no criticism of the people managing Cluid. It is a good, approved housing body. They do their business correctly.
2: Where did the original people that bought houses privately themselves? Hold on a minute now. We're
0: talking... The Private houses are four other estates within the Beside, same, within the, yes, same circle. within the same area. Yeah. So, you know,
2: so we can't take it in isolation now. We have private houses yeah, bought privately have, by people yeah, who have and large mortgages, by the way. Large <coughs> in mortgages, in some cases, yeah, some people who haven't. now claim they can't sell because of the antisocial behavior well, I, and yes. they can't live there be, for, because of antisocial behavior. Is that what you hear?
0: Yes, that is a That's th- what that, I hear. That concern was raised with the Director of Service, Miss Caroline Curley. In the town of Newcastle West. She came to Newcastle West to meet the resident groups yesterday, and this was raised. Because there is there is a concern, and I think some people over there seem to be left of the opinion, by possibly the developer, somebody connected to the developer, that there was going to be a notion of uh, social housing there. That all the houses that would be built there would be social. The remaining and, lot. yes. And somebody even made the statement that they were, you know, told it was time to sell up and get out of there.
2: Yeah. Now, g- gentlemen, Tom Ryan and and Tommy have left out of that conversation. They wouldn't <coughs> be over familiar with the system, but uh, I would like to bring you in, two lads, on the aspect that where the curfew is at Happy
0: State. Well, I, I haven't been told about a curfew, and I'm not aware of a curfew. Well. I would think that it's the people. The people that are already resident there that might have a curfew on their own children, that they don't want them going out they late. Out and, and there has been a problem there, and this was raised yesterday, where you know um, youngsters, and, and we can't say that they come from there, But there's a a pattern of people coming Mm -hmm. to another adjacent estate now that never happened previously. Now, having said all that, Jerome, my real point in all of this
2: is that this so-called antisocial behaviour we had last October, a year ago, here in Mm -hmm. the West, it has guarded the feet on the street. And you wouldn't have antisocial behaviour if you had guards like in the olden days doing their duty policing. And there was a complete, total
0: lack of policing, in my opinion. Yeah, and just one point on that. The group that came in yesterday very vocally and clearly made the point that there was never a, Garda, a need for a Garda presence in the estates that you referred to until recently. There, there hadn't
2: been a need, but now, but there, now there, is. That there is a need to don't see guards no, the the Garda.
0: In fairness, the Garda do respond and they're path. there. But corner. you know yourself. If you ring the Garda station, we won't go through that again. It could take an hour before anybody arrives because your car goes through to Angle. Or oh, they could be over. The oh. squad could be over in prof. Policing.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, lack of it. Lack of it. Uh, You've a force that's bogged down by paperwork, bogged down by red tape. Mm-hmm. That are in a society where you can't police the way you used to. I'm not saying the methods that were back back in the day were the correct methods, but they seem to be more effective than what we have now. Um, just when you mentioned the squad car over from Brough, I recall uh, watching a documentary or a video years ago about the Irish Naval Service, and the man made the point that the Naval Service, with the area that they have to patrol and the amount of ships they had at the time, he said it's the same as having one squad car in the whole country. And everyone was blown away. By, I was blown away by that fact. And now we're kind of looking at you might have one squad car in half a county that you can call on. <laughs> And one incident down by us there, we're talking going back 10 years, this problem has going on for years, it has been building and building and building between the, the lack of um, overpopulation, as Jerome said, the lack of options for these young people to do, I work with the youth club below in, in Esketon, and we see kind of like on a Friday night is the quiet night when nothing ever happens because they're all in the hall playing football and badminton mm. and everything, but it's the other nights of the week when there's an issue. Um, an issue uh, ten, 10 years ago down by us, neighbours were broken into, um, rang the guards and they came and that was grand, the guys didn't get what they were looking for. That following night they came back again, uh, 12 hours later they came back to try and get it a second time. Rang the guards, the guards came, I might stand to be corrected on this, it was either Raquel or Newcastle West, drove down through Eskeeddon, past the closed guard station, passed out the p- p- station in Palace had to go collect the local guard, because they didn't know what the situation was and he hadn't a squad car, wouldn't be expected to bring his own, I wouldn't expect him to bring his own, and arrived approximately 45 minutes to an hour later after someone rang said, there was three individuals in my back garden breaking into my house, an hour later they arrived. Now that family were particularly lucky that there was three um, able-bodied men in the, in the house at the time and they were able to get uh, the wife and the daughter out into a safer place, but like, if that had been an elderly couple, That could have gone a completely separate direction. I'm kind of going off topic now, but back to the antisocial behaviour. It's everywhere. It's not just Mm. Newcastle. It's not just in the towns and villages. It's out in the street as well. We live out in the country and you're looking out and you're seeing groups of teenagers walking up and down and you're saying to yourself, what in the name of God are they doing out here? None of them are from where we live. You don't recognise half of them.
0: And and one of the problems with the estate, I I just uh, want uh, to make, just to follow on there from what Tommy has said, one of the main problems in the estate that you referred to, when those houses were occupied, uh, the parents arrived with a, a congregation of 84 children. These youngsters didn't know one another, the parents didn't know one another, so you can see where this led to problems, and there was no provision for a play area. So, you know, what do children do? I have uh, a lot of sympathy for youngsters that are there, bored out of their heads. We're moving
2: on to planning now by the sound, do you? Well, I haven't got... There's, no, there there's no provision for a play area in that Correct. Part oh, you're
0: quite right. And yeah. I made a submission, and as indeed did some of the residents over in the Woodfield area, I made a submission basically at the time that the, that planning application went in, Pat, as yeah. the, and, to the effect that there was no provision for that.
2: Now, Tom, sorry, we'll have to hold it till after the ad break now. So, Jason, <coughs> take it away there, and we'll be back after the ad set.
1: County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlinwick 102 FM on the 8th of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
2: Back again, listeners, and you're tuned to West Limerick, 102 FM broadcasting from newcastle west your local community radio station and we were talking there about the housing situation and of course we'll stick to that because we as if it wasn't bad enough as i said previously people are uh, i'm an auctioneer they're in nearly double numbers every day looking for a house to rent property to rent all kinds of things and now we have the government saying that the people from ukraine were are in the country for three weeks, they are supposed to come out of their locations now and rent as well. I don't know if they supposed to be renting. Tom, back to the topic that was discussed there just before we went on the break.
4: Well, Pat, I suppose it's a topic that we've covered here on, on you know, numerous occasions. It's current as well now, and uh, Jerome and Tom have given a good, a very good account of the, the actual situation that you brought up initially there locally here in Newcastle West. But uh, that has been the trend Pat, in a lot of in the city for years. That what has happened here will escalate. There's no doubt about that. Get worse, and uh, the people that are that are that, that feel intimidated, they'll be allowed. They'll be allowed uh, be intimidated, and the talks and uh, this anti-social behaviour is is a lot of it is. is Criminality, tis drugs is the next. It will be the next item on the agenda there, and uh, the chaos then, and no regulation, no supervision by the people that who have who have a lot of these houses, these people, and no guardy, and it's a shocking situation for people that want to live their lives and rear their families in a law-abiding way. And uh, you know, you see, you you. First of all, you have to. Uh, Jerome is given a very good, a very, he's very experienced in the field and I'm, I'm learning from him every night as regards how these uh, housing agencies operate. Some of them are okay, more of them are, there's a big problem with one of the main ones at the moment now as well. And uh, it's a kind of, um, you know, it's a way of handing over uh, houses to people who are not, like, dependable. And they're allowed to carry on. we with huge estates in the mixed city. Fabulously built houses. And, you know, whereas well, Jerome has said about density and all that, I mean, all all over Europe and, you know, and other, other places, density doesn't appear to be that, that much of a problem. It's, beha- it's personal behaviour, also management of families and management of the estates. That is... That is my idea, but anyway, I, I, I've always, you see, there are there are an awful lot of issues that are not being tackled for fear of being racist or maybe you you know or any other area like like the there's ethnic communities being dr- dropped in as well. They have their own way of living. Doesn't suit people. What can you do? Only grin and bear it. It's an absolute disaster now and it's getting worse. And Newcastle West will definitely be one of those towns as well now, with what I've been to- he- heard here tonight in a very, very uh, respectful way, like that it's going down the slim, slippery slope of Limerick City.
2: I was talking to a councillor during the week and he said that a few more of those estates in Newcastle West are going to be water control with antisocial behaviour.
0: Well, I wouldn't agree in full with that. No, pass. The point made there, and I, I agree with Tom. But as a nation, we have been used to plenty open space, Tom. And if you if you box people in too closely together, and I've said it before, that 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 is a problem. And you put children in, and they have no place to play. We should be providing facilities for children as well. That should be there before we put. You see, most of those estates, as you know, Pat, a young couple came in, they had a family, and, they, and that happened sporadically around the state and they grew up together. But if you populate a place with people that don't know one another, you've created a challenge that's unmanageable. I looked for and had a motion, and I didn't get any support for it, by the way, that uh, control and responsibility and accountability for housing be brought back to the, each municipal area particularly this one, because we have the county town and we have a high proliferation of social housing here and it needs to be managed. The problem here is our council people are inside in Limerick and you know of the case in Maiden Street, which we discussed many times before. Time elapses before anybody gets on their bike to come out from Limerick and in the meantime, all health broken loose here. And that is part of the problem. If we can't manage our housing business at local level, and the best example so, of successful yeah. management are the community housing mm-hmm. bodies. There's one above in Drumcollar, Broadford, Fianna Kilmeady, Arda, uh, St. Itas Abbey Field. And we never hear of a problem with social, anti-social behaviour. So you're suggesting that if the Gourdie came... No. When a no, 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 when,
2: when, when property is being squatted, squatters move into a vacant property. Yes. And the gals are called and the council are notified... And either one of them don't do what they're expected to yes, do. exactly. Then the squatters have, they're like bees going into a hive. They've yeah. taken possession of it and you won't well, get them out too easy. So they have to go through the court yeah. channels. Yes. And that's three months, six months. Uh, so sorry, maybe two or few, three years. Yeah. And that's the situation you're referring to, y- y- really.
0: Yeah. Like if the guard do their job In the when hospice. they're called out. But they went away.
2: That but they were called and, and went yeah, away. Went away. Why did they go away if
0: oh, the, oh, sure. they were notified that because, there was squat twas and It was much easier leave than deal with the dish. Show. You're saying the guardian in Castle West came to a house. Sorry, I can't d- say I, where they came from, but they but came from they somewhere. They came from, in the distance, from someplace, yeah, anyway. Yeah, but they came in, in Maiden Street yes. and took. Well, a the, house was. I mean, I, my understanding is uh, the guardian were told this is a domestic matter they left
2: and they left but by just an ordinary bystander so to somebody, speak somebody yes on the street and the council turned up the following day no
0: they didn't that the following day <laughs> two days later they turned up
2: <laughs> yeah now Tommy Hartigan you hope to get into the county council are you enjoying tonight's programme so far and uh, have your better understanding of what you're heading into
3: I'm a bit like Tom now across the table for me every time I spend time with Jerome I learn something new and I don't know whether it put me on or put me off but um, look the, the system is a mess there, There is no other way of putting it. You have people that are in the system, you have people that are riding the system, and you have people that are frustrated with the system. Um, but I think it, it is a combination of a simple idea that in this country we seem to wait until it's too late to do something. We wait until someone gets killed, we wait until someone gets hurt, before we take the bad bend out of the road. Yeah. We w- And like this now, we have an issue where the... Town is already overpopulated and I'm not, I'm not just speaking about Newcastle West. I know my people down in my own home place will be saying, what about us? Down there is the same too. But the question is what do you do with these people? It, it's Jerome, yeah, got yes, to say uh, if you yeah, wave and, your magic wand and, and, uh, yeah, and you could and put when, houses when, when two when to one, into, Where and not naming the
0: people, people go? When I go into the council, but Tommy Hartigan has to be housed, whether you like it or not, Jerome, yeah. he has to be housed. And that is an issue and people have to be housed. But in my view... Uh, the of guard- vetting process needs to be, number one, but and, pa- and getting uh, just one other point that I didn't make. And this is where housing development is gone p- totally pear-shaped. If Patrick O'Donovan is a private developer, wants to build an estate of houses, the bank don't particularly want to see you coming. Be- uh, you're billing them to sell to the private sector. But if Patrick O'Donovan arrives, and I have a nice, cosy deal done with an approved housing body, That's government guaranteed backed banked. And the bank will say, Brilliant. Pat, come back, have you many more of these projects? Because it's as good as bonded. The state is going to pay. Whereas if you're building twenty houses and you're waiting for twenty punters to come along to buy them off you, the bank won't be too particularly keen on lending to you.
2: I have two points of interest in the topic we're discussing. One is that in the road safety authority in the Gardee, they've dropped from 1100 to 600 also in the gaurdi force overall has dropped by thousands as well from what it has Mm -hmm. been and Mm -hmm. still falling that if there was proper gaurdi enforcement in all of those areas on the streets and the housing estates you wouldn't, and the drug scene and all that we're hearing about morning night, if it was properly policed with proper numbers, it would eliminate that situation. And the other little part of my piece One, is two. part two. Part two. In the olden days, we had what was known as council houses and a council estate. And you had private houses and private estate, and they all got on finding their own way. But now you're mixing them up. Good, oh, and nobody seems to be too happy in
0: either place I don't disagree we go back to the first point you made about the numbers the numbers we have are, they're not being used effectively for example and you saw a motion there that the independent group brought to the them the Gardaí numbers not we're talking no, about. well Guardian numbers are affected by this as well because if you have a squad car sitting out in Fiohana, for example waiting to catch Tommy or Tom Ryan When they're driving through it in excess of the limit to me that's not time effectively spent what we need out there is something like a speed camera system like you'll find up on the m7 beyond you tom when you're going towards Tumavara, one or two little dockets coming through the post here uh, will prevent you from driving through no guard enforcement will stop that because the guards are only there sporadically the same with the go safe van you have the same difficulty with that you can say the same about uh, spot speed lights they work fairly well because most people slow down but guard time is not used effectively Pat we have if we had a guard in every, three guards in every town rather than have six of them in squad cars and we're not knowing where they are and we're ringing Anglesey Street as you said to find out that somebody has to come from Brough to Abbeyfield, well it's not an effective service
2: what
0: about my uh, d- reference to the olden days, you had a
2: county council estate. now you call them social housing, but now they're they're married together well whereas in the olden now, times you had private housing schemes yes. and you had a county council
0: schemes <coughs> the council yeah, in the olden days, the council built their own estates. but if you look at those now, we'll take Castleview's nearest to us here well right right they yeah, really well we can both we'll talk to ca- we'll talk about Castleview. The vast majority of the houses in Castleview are privately owned today. There are very few in number, uh, still uh, council tenants up there. The majority of people bought their houses. And that's what we had in the past. We had a population who aspired to become homeowners. And they got a house from the council. They were glad, and they'll tell me that, to get four walls. And they purchased it. And they eventually purchased it. And they spent on that house over the years, and now they have a home. But today, today, Pat, courtesy of the charitables, and with the charitables, to me, are these housing bodies that are so-called do-gooders. We won't name them. But the majority of the approved housing bodies are for profit, and they run their business slightly different to the charitables. You get everything. You get somebody to support you in case you can't buy an egg. Uh, 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 you know, this is where we're at. Tom, come in before the ad break.
4: No, well, Pat, the, the, what you mentioned while well ago, you know, a, there, there are major discrepancies, and uh, in our in our system, we this program has devoted an awful lot of time to the GADY, and we could devote every night to the GADY and the management of the GADY and the numbers and how they operate, how they, I mean, how they how they're managed. And I was listening to Joe Harris yesterday. He was before uh, a dialogue committee with his team, with his top team. also the minister for justice with him. And it was absolutely pathetic to listen to him now because he was pressed on one point by Donegal by the uh, Kevin Monahan I think, TD. And it's what we have said here, and I've questioned Jerome on, on numerous occasions, the the interaction between the uh, our councillors who are our representatives, like here, the, the ordinary individuals and the, the guard at local level, Drew Harris said last night. They like on on a several occasions pressed uh, on about that the, the local management. I don't know what what status now. Or what would, would it be? Uh, would it be uh, an inspector, or is it um, whatever it is anyway? Well, local in the, in the division has the power to manage that division and make decisions. And, and quite clearly, now, if that's the case, I mean, we've often asked in the programme, why aren't the questioned on their, on their management of areas like here, Newcastle West, a very, very manageable town? No, I mean, no permanent presence here. It's the same in every village in the country. I mean, and so... All policing has fallen down. Therefore, as you rightly said, Pat, and you've said it, you've you've said it on, numer- on several occasions about local management in areas when when the country hadn't a shilling, there was gardy in every village. They were able to now. I mean, it's no good saying, "Well, that was that then and now is different." No, it's not different because it's exact. It's worse actually now. Because what has happened is the absence of gardy, the absence of vitality. Uh, Has led to uh, no-go areas, drug and you know anti-social behaviour, violence and intimidation spreading wholesale, getting out of hand completely. And now, who's going to be responsible for um, for that? All governments are responsible for that. That's who's responsible.
2: Now it's coming up to ad break time again, so we'll go to ad break. We'll be back to you shortly.
1: County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102FM on the 8th of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan... Tommy Hartigan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
2: Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station, broadcasting from Newcastle West. If you want to text in or call in, 06966200 or 0871669800. If you want to phone in. Oh, 06966200 or oh, 0871669800. Or if anybody of listen out there once one request, one song next week played, just give us a call, to give, give Jason a call there in the next 20, 30 minutes or so, and we might get you included next week. Uh, back to this screen here in front of me, and it says, I, I find it a bit difficult to follow now. Evening panel, whilst looking at comments by a public representative I had never heard of. I researched their election. It turns out they got 200 votes and was eliminated, but got to be a councillor because their running mate died. There's a few councillors in Ireland with in a similar position. This system is absolutely insane and undemocratic, in my view. Does the panel believe this system needs changing because the voters clearly rejecting the him from Dan and Dan as we said previously many times we would like if people put their names because we have people here every Wednesday night. We give out their names every time and they're not afraid to stand by their views and comments so we'd appreciate if people had a little bit more belief in what they're saying and put their name behind it. And on the panel tonight of course is Jason Smith, producer my name is Pat O'Donovan Tommy Hartigan and uh, Independent-minded man from Palace Kenry who is standing as an independent in the Red Keel, a electoral area, and Jerome Scanlon, who is an independent councillor here in the Abbeyfield, Newcastle West district, and of course Tom Ryan, another independent-minded man, indeed as well. Uh, did you hear that when I read out there? Yeah, he's on yeah, about did, Can I you did. understand it? But I can understand it.
3: Yeah, I I kind of understand the frustration. your um kind of getting into this you start looking back at archives and elections and you're looking at people that got elected by nearly double what they were required across the country and then you're looking at people who barely up a third of what there was required Um, I mean if you were going for a job application and you were told you're about a third qualified you'd have been told to go out the door and really that's what being a councillor is it's a job it's the only job where you have to ask 8,000 people Will you? If you should interview with eight thousand people and hope that enough of them go your way, um, with regards the the running mate passing away, I suppose I wouldn't be educated enough to make a, a comment, so I
2: won't. Jerome, it's a funny little business. As I was reading that, trying to get just with myself, I remember the last uh, general election, where in in a lot of places indeed, one candidate down in Wexford. He did very, very, very poorly on the local election. Mm-hmm. Very, very few votes. And yep. he literally headed the poll in the general election about six that, months later.
0: That's democracy. <laughs> uh, quite... Uh, but there's some swing. Yes, quite a number of the people that were elected for Sinn Féin at the last yep. election had lost their seats in council elections six months previously. So that just shows... It to, to be gone. Point. But uh, an, an, an observation that I made in that particular election in 19, wasn't it? It was. Mm. Um, People were telling me at the door, I'll vote, we'll vote for your party now, okay, but wait until they come, wait until the TDs come to the door for the general election. Mm. That was fed back, but it obviously didn't resonate with those that were told. They still carried on as before. Now, on Dan's point, and I'd like to comment on it if I may, with regard to the person with the 200 votes, that is a problem with the party system. So we'll assume the party ran three candidates and they took two seats and one of the two passed away. And the third candidate was a sweeper, really. But the third candidate is the one that's, from the party, is the one that's entitled to the seat, even though there could have been seven more candidates on the ticket for the local elections that were ahead of him at the final count. Still, the party decides that that person, more than likely, or an alternative person from the same party, takes the seat of the deceased. That's the system. And it's it's probably even less democratic from the point of view of an independent might pass away because they are an independent that might decide to re, re, uh, resign or retire because they more or less nominate their own replacement. They give it to somebody who didn't even stand at all in the election. Yeah. Well, in most cases where there are co-options, it's somebody that hasn't stood before.
2: Well, so we have a case here in West Limerick where the (coughs) person didn't stand at all because uh, the the independent person got elected and he gave it to a family member to
0: replace Mm -hmm. him. Is that correct? Uh, uh, Yes, yes. That happened in 20 so uh, when Richard got elected, his he, brother replaced his him. His brother, who hadn't now, for but, any election. Now, I will say his brother is a very effective councillor, in my o- humble opinion. Now, oh, Tom. Well, I suppose it's called co-option, Pat, you know.
4: And yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. it, it's part of our local government system, anyway, you know. And uh, I'd say that um, it doesn't apply at uh, national politics and it, it is a local situation. I, I would admire anyone that would put their name to a ballot paper and, uh, you know, I'd definitely say well done, you know, even that uh, they, they mightn't have got a, a big vote or a low vote, you know. I mean, anybody that is, that's... That are, what we do, what, what we really need is we need people to go forward. Uh, the, the party system is... a. Is, uh, is can be very very uh it di- can be difficult you know because they they have to break into it number one i got a call tonight from a lady uh she said she was going to i didn't i didn't hear her before and i should listen uh i uh, know uh, uh, a message in my voicemail and, uh, you know, just to say she, who she was and she was going for uh, for the council, I I, I said, is she lady like? And I said, good, it's good to see people putting forward their name, like Tommy. It's great to see, it's great to see, like people, young people are not so, people not so young, anybody that has the, that's, that has the waiver hall and the, and the will to put their name down it has to be respected. But my query is, when they are elected, that's, the, that's when the problem starts. Then we have a silence. We have we have them in Newcastle West, and we have them in the Dare, and we have them in the dramatic area. And like, there's the silence and their inactivity on serious, serious issues that they were elected are absolutely nil, in absolute disgrace. Silence mm-hmm. from some, Tom, not all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Time stand from.
2: for that one, and it was much better than I had registered first. Uh, the question was very much worthwhile. Dave in the Shed in Palace can recall, by the way, he said he has a lovely warm found in the Shed and smoke heading up into the sky. And once the Minister Ryan doesn't hear about... The, the smoke. The, the, the smoke heading <coughs> up towards Dublin, you'll be all right. He has the stove on. Anti-social behaviour. behaviour, there is not enough county around, Gaudier leaving, they should increase the county wages as an incentive for more people to join the Gaudi. they definitely need something fairly fast because it's getting very serious would in another one would the panel agree with fianna Fahre leader michael martin that this government should run the full term until 2025 due to have been a very successful run according to himself due to their very successful run according to himself james holmes and and should the government go outside the state from the assistant county commissioner as known the top county have applied for same now that 's an interesting one it 's almost unbelievable that we have a position and Marie McMahon I think is the lady who has
0: retired who was here in Newcastle West? Was she was time. here
2: in Newcastle West. I met her a few times she was a uh, she was from across to Shanander in Kilimor, or that area of Kilmory McMahon. That part of West anyway. Should the government go outside the state from an assistant county commissioner? Is none of the top county have applied? It's unusual that none no of them have applied. It highlights the problem. I think to up there at the top.
3: It's it's the problem, and it, I was only discussing this this morning before I left for work. Um, it's it's the, the the whole responsibility of taking it on. But there is people. There's eight that are qualified for the job, but when they get the job, their benefits will put them over certain certain threshold and their pension, they're going to lose over half of it to tax. And that is the main issue. Why would you take on the responsibility and, yeah, fair enough, the money might be nice, but if you're going to lose half of it...
0: Well, that's one point. But I'd make the point, Tommy, with regard to Mr. Drew Harris. You must remember that 98% of the force disagreed with something he wanted to do not too long ago. And would you, as one of one of the eight, feel sane enough to be his deputy? trying to, try
4: to implement a yes. scheme that ninety eight percent are opposed to. Precisely, Tom, it's a strange looking situation, isn't it? Well, it it goes and it confirms Pat our uh, general opinion in the program for years now that the management, uh, top management of the GAD, is in case and incompetence and, and uh, you know, and the fact that there's that, uh, that a pension situation and the amount of the pension frightening that has been drawn into into this now and given as a reason for the hook why there's no candidates. I mean, it goes to show, like, that our government and our like and our have no intention of touching the guardi or making decisions in order to have them... Effective and doing their job, they're standing off and they're ducking and diving, and this is pathetic. And eventually, I suppose maybe we might probably have somebody from Scotland to take over the position, which is an absolute disgrace. And and you know when you see your Degardi that we depend on and we speak about every night, and we've never criticised them. By the way, Pat, we've we've looked in great detail at the the problem areas that they have, and we've been very very accurate. You know, like in our discussion with Degardi. And it's the main problem is, it's there in front of everybody, management and, and the promotion system in the Gardaí and the political interference and the job for the boy job and the incompetence. And now it is money and pensions. In I absolute g- disgrace, Pat. I agree with you, Tom.
2: And, we, and we Tom, that's all did. We don't criticize the Gardaí. We've been always fair and… Sympathetic towards the, the them. And we didn't even criticize the Gardee who had sex with the visitors at the Gaudi station even tonight we and gave him the benefit of the doubt. And that old yes, dis-
0: that old disease pat that was called benchmarking led to the big pots that are now causing the problem. Two two and a half million of a pension pot. Where would you get that, Tom? Is it out in your farm, by the way?
4: Oh, I, I have something like that. I, <laughs> <Pat>. I can't discuss it. No, I
0: mean your own public. You Does
2: the report. panel feel the T-shirt of red will lead Finnegail? 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 Noreen Mulcahy has me my pronunciation.
0: Noreen Mulcahy would have told you you were a Finnegaller if you called it Finnegail. She criticised me. Yeah, and she was right.
2: So the panel feel the T-shirt of red will lead Finnegail? Finnegail. From the girl. Finnegail. And <coughs> up in opposition after the next election, if there is a change in government, regards James Holmes and a tea?
3: I think if uh, if they don't hold their seat in government, I think Leo will be gone as leader. And I personally think, had I been a Fine Gael, Fine Gael whatever you want to call it, member back when Enda Kenny stepped down, Leo Varadkar wouldn't have been the candidate that I would have casted my vote for.
2: I'd say the same could apply to Michal Martin, the same question, and the same answer would yeah. be applied
0: in both of them as I, well. i think if either of them go out of power, they're they're, that'll be shut on for them. Yeah, I, I think, and I wouldn't think it, I would say, basically, that Mr Varker made a major mistake in going into government after the last election. Uh, if anybody was looking or trying to culture a party... Going into a government of a, a, a three-hand reel wasn't the answer. Well, it does look
2: like uh, I, I'm like Tom Ryan. I'm quite interested in politics. Not that over the years, without being aligned to any particular party, but we had the Green Party and we had the PDS many years ago, and the, and the discussions and debates went on with those, and and their genuine followers in both parties pleading with the Labour Party and the is not to go into government or they'll be wiped out come the next election. Cannibalised. And, and look where they are today, Tom. And the same will probably happen for the and Fine to and, a lesser extent. And, with
0: and Sinn Féin in due course, Pat. In due course. But,
4: you know, the, I would agree with, um, with Tom that, uh, that Leo Radicow uh, uh, in the event of you see, I think they will cobble together another coalition. You know that is that they're saying they're not going to look for support from each other, each party. But I think they will. myself, that's my opinion. Both of them are both of them are fairly weak leaders, and, and uh, both parties are stolen, really struggling. In, in particularly, in particular, uh, Fine Gael, There's how many of them are leaving? There, there are very, very. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of their of their experience. Politicians, no, that's no harm. Uh, change will be good if, if no candidates, if they can, <coughs> if they can get no no uh, people elected, that's that's what the problem will be. And uh, you see, we find that um, that <gasps> even there is talent in the door, There's no doubt about that but they're on the back benches in, in our parties, really. And the, the, the gurus that are, that are heading these parties are a bit like the, the, the people that are running the Gardaí at the top. You know, they're only ducking and diving, watching their own pensions, as we mentioned already, and watching their own, watching their own ele- re-election. As regards, I mean, parties, I believe myself that you need, what we need is vision. We need vision for the country, not for the party. I mean, there's nothing between Finnegan and... and and Fine in any, you know, you can't, they can't be segregated on any kind of dialogue or, or, or ideologies. You know, or, they're, they're really the same. Mm-hmm. And Labour are not making any headway whatsoever. Sinn Feiners are definitely, mm-hmm. I suppose, maybe making the nose all right, and, and they're definitely heading on, on the opinion polls. What they're going to do the day of election is going to be a different situation. Bihar Martin would go into bed with anybody in order to stay in power. And he's, he's, I think myself that he's a very weak leader and that he will be definitely replaced, I think, by who there the whole lot the, there, in actual fact, uh, that you could say are going to replace him either. You know, so sure. both those parties are stagnated, in my opinion, and we need freshness. We need something new coming. We need leadership and we need people that have leadership qualities. We haven't those.
2: Just before we go to the ad break, we remember the heydays in Fianna Far with their 77 seats. They had a good pick, a good choice, and they had well-known personalities during that period. Now it's gone so small, as Tom rightly said. It's very hard to pick quality if your pool from picking has gone so small. So we'll go to the break, back to you shortly.
1: County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 8th of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan. Tommy Hartigan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD,
2: IE. Welcome back listeners, you're tuned to West 102, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. We also do a 50-50 draw to keep the bills paid folks, so we would appreciate those people outside the area. maybe who listens to be United to stick a five or whatever into a little envelope and we'll stick you into the join, you never know, you might come out. The, the last few winnings have been between 250, 350, there, thereabouts. 50 goes to the radio station, 50 goes to the winner. So, as I said, anyone listening to us from outside the area, if you might stick something into an envelope, and we put you into the draw that way. And, of course, we very much appreciation, appreciate the people in the West Limerick region who buy them in local shops, etc. And that support is very important f- to give you a chance to listen to us here every Wednesday night and, indeed, seven days a week as well leo dogan of sugar hill says what does the panel think of business people in killarney county kerry stopping selling israeli products on their shelves stopped stocking i suppose and they've stopped selling products uh, from israel because of genocide being carried out in the Gaza strip i myself took a stand with a supermarket in newcastle west six years ago selling about selling israeli products if the public buy these Israeli products this will be funding the purchase of arms and kill innocent women and children. And that story runs and runs and it's an absolutely appalling situation. And uh, admittedly there was fourteen hundred people killed by the Israelis killed on the seventh of October, but the numbers have been killed now, I believe, are ten to twelve thousand and I listen to BBC quite a lot to tell you to go from the north to the south, but they've been bombed north and south and the silence of the major countries in the world once that people looked up to seems to be a bit under the, 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 the quite side high patent panel in general program I'm looking for limb a lady by Dennis Allen regards John O'Sullivan John i will be digging through a box of about 500 I know it's in there and it's in um, a vinyl and I know you'd like a vinyl so we'll have that for you next week um, that's the messages, I think. Uh, Pat 5050 50 tickets can be purchased via PayPal. Check the West one or two Facebook page on details from Jason, Soundman. man Jason. Jason was delighted there. J- Jason was born in England from Irish parents. and uh, I think he loved that song there of Patrick Sheehan from the Glen of Aho It tells you how the poor Irishmen <laughs> were treated by the English army. Pat 5050 50 tickets can be purchased Via PayPal, check the West Lemmick 1 or 2 Facebook page for details. So, folks, you might look at that because we do appreciate your listenership. And I'm sure you, I do know you appreciate the programs here from West Lemmick. So, (coughs) you might pick up that one there. Uh, Katrina Carey is in the news as well at the present time. I think we will leave Katrina Carey aside for the moment because more local to home, I met Tommy again in esketon two weeks ago. And it was also a pleasure to meet Dave, who came out of the shed that night for the meeting from Palace Henry. And it was about the water and the fact they got no noses and bile noses and so forth, and it still goes on in Palace Henry. But down on top of that, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, would you believe that the people of Lahal, Balihahal, and Shanagold and all along there close to the Shannon, They've had no water whatsoever for six days because of a breakdown or a cleaning in the system. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear much about that either. there must, well, must be the, must be the she, most sleepiest no, lot of people no, in Ireland. Ye, ye, Tommy no. first will keep in line.
3: Well, I think uh, whoever was sleepy is awake now. Um, since two weeks ago, that meeting, um, coming forward from that, uh, correspondence was sent out to the various bodies involved in what we have is a boil water notice for anyone who uh, hasn't heard since the 13th of May gone and uh, we're told it'll be uh, Christmas, March, May, the next century before we get our water back Uh, who knows, we don't know, we haven't been told we've been asked for the information, we've been asked for a roadmap. we've been asked for clarification, assistance, businesses, residents, old, young Uh, all over are uh, having to deal with this boil water notice and quite frankly we just think it's completely unacceptable so a group has been formed, a water action group, we're going by the title Article 25 UN Convention of Human Rights is the access access to uh, food and water, shelter etc so uh, if any of the listeners are actually uh, from the areas affected we have someone from Kilcarnan Palace Kildimo, Kildaimo Um. I believe that's it if I'm missing anyone, but if you're from the area, you're not from one of those parishes and would like to get involved, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on Facebook, we're meeting tomorrow night to um, work on putting a plan together, we will hope and have a town hall, get as many experts and representatives from the likes of Ishka and the County Council etc, or County and City, City and County Council there. In front of us to answer the questions, Um, I've spoken to um, Councillor O'Donoghue there earlier on in the week and he has assured me that he has the issue raised. I was reading in the paper there that it was raised, but we're still kind of thinking that there should have been a bit more action towards it, um, let alone the costs. The meeting
2: I attended in Esquite was very critical of the county councillors in the area.
3: Yes, it was. On the night. Yeah, um, uh, when it comes to the point that someone has to put a general post up on Facebook asking is the boiled water notice still in effect to get a reply or to get an answer from a councillor, we believe that the councillor should be constantly engaging with the community saying yes, fair enough, tell your neighbours but I mean we have six councillors and I haven't seen one post regarding the boil water notice to remind people that it's still in effect. We were up last Wednesday, uh, or two Wednesdays ago, myself and Jimmy O'Donoghue, um, Chairman of Eskeet and Ballysteen Community Council. And just before that day, I had been getting my hair cut in skeet and I bumped into an elderly gentleman, and he was saying that he was feeling a bit sick. And I said, have you been drinking the water? Did you drink some by mistake? And he goes, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, what's wrong with the water? I said, the boiled water notice that came in in
0: May. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, sure, that's gone. I said, no, it's not. He didn't know.
0: We discussed this here back in May at the time. Uh, We discussed it a few times. Jimmy, I don't know who was here, and it's more recently than then. Yeah. Now, I don't know if if, uh, Tommy is aware of this, but there was a special meeting of the council. There was an add-on special meeting of the council because the independent group had called one for Thursday last in connection with Go Safe and our roads problems. So we had that meeting. And it was followed by a, a, a second special meeting to deal with that by Water Notice. And it was called by the six councillors from the uh, Radkiela Dairy area. Now, there wasn't anybody from Mesquitin present in the, in, in the public gallery.
3: We, uh, Were you aware of we it? We weren't aware of it. But yeah. when we had the public meeting and practical attest to this, that, um, as Jimmy said, there was no one invited and there was no one not invited. It was an open invitation. Yeah. Everyone could come. No. None of them came and As he told me himself, their secretaries were well able to ring up, pick up the phone and ring to mm, mm. give him grief over the fact that they hadn't been invited and that they were getting grief at the meeting. They have his number, they have my I, number. Uh, None uh, of us were informed of that meeting happening. Uh, I only found out about it uh, yesterday when I rang yeah. Anne Delaney in Clilcornen to book the hall for the meeting tomorrow. Yeah. And she said, oh, did you hear about this meeting? And I was like, what meeting? And she goes, oh, you could have logged on online to see it. And it was on our, handed me the paper when I walked in here that I actually got to read about ad- it.
0: Attended in person. I I actually stayed on for it because Jimmy had raised it here so I was interested in what the outcome would be and to be quite frank with you it was anything but positive it more or less said the councillors made their case in yeah. fairness to yeah. them
3: yeah. and I'd, and from what I've read they, they do seem to be and I would commend them for that but at the end of the day I, I would be highly surprised um, how many of the councillors are actually on the system having to deal with it
0: yeah, well, they will have to answer that question for themselves. Oh, I did but have to. I, I would, be, I would be suggesting that you demand to meet with the six councillors when you have your next meeting. There's no point in having a, yes, a public all, meeting without having them there.
3: Oh, they and, will be invited. And, all, they, all and known, they
0: will tell you exactly how they got on at the meeting. It's almost seven months. My, my since own it happened. Like. yeah, I know. I had only one comment to make on the meeting. I listened, I stayed to the end, I heard everything that was said by the uh, um, Sonia Reedy, who represented the council and the problem that you have goes right back to 2013 in my view when Irish Water was set up. Mm Now, the the council remained responsible for a certain Mm -hmm. overlap period and I would say your difficulty down there that the council, in my view should still mm. have ownership of that, even though Irish Water are meant to, or now. Isla yes,
2: ar- they're all in Red Keele area They are. But they R- R- also water for the best
0: six weeks, a separate issue mm-hmm,
2: completely. Mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. And because I think of maintenance. Lynn may have
0: a problem, it had anyway at need to wait one point, because I see these messages posted up on uh, um, on the website from the mm-hmm. council saying there's a bile water notice wherever there's a water supply problem somewhere else.
2: But Irish Water frequent. whatever they're called nowadays. Ishta, it, Ishka. they don't know that there's a local radio station covering that particular area because we've received no notice of this six weeks. Indeed, okay. nobody was notified, including the people down there, uh,
0: that they were going to be without well, water for one, six, well, we'd six ne- days. We'd need another three uh, programmes uh, no if one. we wanted to discuss Ishka at length, Pat. Not one, about three. Tom,
4: well, uh, I'm... I I I can't understand this whole situation because, I mean, and maybe putting the actual blame and putting our emphasis on our local councillors uh, maybe, you know, is OK. They're one they're of the frontline people. Our county and city council are also, like, in the... But, sure, this is Irish water, or Irish as they call themselves. So this is a national problem. Shouldn't our, our, our local... Uh, a has been involved here. Okay. And uh, this is an absolute disgrace. And the people know that her, without the water, Sure, so, I mean they don't deserve any water like when they're <laughs> quite prepared to when they're quite prepared to sit back and load like mm-hmm. I mean did you ever in all your pardon days it wouldn't happen in Dublin. I
0: couldn't. It couldn't Tom, it wouldn't happen in country, no, Tom it wouldn't happen
4: No, it wouldn't happen anywhere. But mm-hmm. you see, the point about it is we have two junior ministers here. Like we also have an independent council. Like, who he comes to the meeting. What business is he coming to the meeting? Shut so, it's Irish Water. this is this is a national Irish water problem. And and surely to God that, that it, it, if it's going to take 12 months, and as Tom has rightly said here, it's ongoing, it, might go in, it, to, it will go into next year. Sure, I mean, people... Oh, will, it, it will, we, yeah, yeah. we, we were told. That. Well, that would be... I, I, I feel that uh, that it, it's uh, definitely neglected by our two general ministers, number one. Mm.
2: And don't forget, Tom, that they were never supplied with a water tank.
4: Never so they have to buy bottles of water. it would not deep mention in the radio or anything on an 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 national radio an anything, no? I, an anything. and
3: I suppose I should just clarify there that we do realise that it's not council not the councillor's own fault but at the same time their job is to represent us we don't feel like it's being done and a, kind of the, a bit of the frustration is coming from why do we have to form another committee on top of another committee but as Tom has
2: rightly pointed out don't forget you have three TDs for this area as well to joined the minister?
3: Yeah, we, we, we didn't get a reply from one. One of us refusing to talk to us. One of us got, got back to us with kind of a, a half-hearsed um, promise. Can I ask and, which
2: one has refused to talk to you? Is that a fair question? You, you should not family?
0: forget Mr. Phil Hogan in all of this. Yeah. Who, which one of them
4: refused to talk to you and why?
3: I'm not willing to say on air. It's <laughs> short pe- pe- enough, Tom pe- isn't pe-
4: he? Pe- People can guess. Well that's well you see that's the problem here, like he won't mention India So What what goes he inside? What if he inside the county council office? Or inside the county council. We to need respond. people it should be yeah. named. We need people to be closest to home. Yes. We need people to go to the case. You can check out a map and guess. Exactly.
2: Jerome is sticking all kinds of finger. Fingers up there, so uh, John O'Sullivan, John will be playing uh limerick, "Your Lady." If you, Jason, has the original version, I have the original version, so we'll pick the cleanest, sweetest version for you for next Wednesday. It's time
0: to say good night from Cats, isn't it?
2: Good night from who?
0: You know the musical Cats. That's yeah. one of the famous parts from it.
2: So good night from Jason, Tommy Hartigan, Jerome Scanlon. Tom Ryan and myself, Pat O'Donovan. So until next, next Wednesday night, folks, take care.
0: 102
1: FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West 102 FM on the 8th of November 2023 from 9.30 to 11 pm. Tommy Hartigan and Councillor Jerome Scanlon joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie